livepodcasts.fm. Good to know. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Only on livepodcasts.fm will you find topics on issues you overlook as a consumer. Good to know. I'm Wendy Nola, and thanks for downloading this podcast. The Good to Know podcast draws on my many years of experience as a consumer journalist to share tips that keep you from being ripped off. You can subscribe to receive every podcast in the series. Just visit livepodcast.fm or go to the podcast app of your choice. Please also rate and review the podcast. That way it gets shared far and wide and even more people can benefit from it. Deciding on a topic for this, my first consumer podcast, was not at all difficult for me. My inbox is teeming with complaints from people who have had bad experiences when they've bought a car, new or used. So here are the six most common mistakes made by car buyers. Six is a bit of a random number. I just came up with the top ones and then counted them. Number one, not doing your homework. There is no excuse not to do your homework before buying a car now that we have the internet and have had for some time. So Google the name of the car that you're interested in and the dealership you're planning to buy it from and see what pops up. Go into Hello Peter, do the same thing. See what customers, people who've bought that particular car or that brand of car have had to say and uh, what they've had to say about that particular dealership as well. So dealership staff love you when you're buying the car. Love, love, love you. Flowers, champagne, that over-the-top ribbon on the car, the Kodak moment or iPhone, Samsung moment, I suppose it is these days. Yeah, it's all love and happiness. The real test, though, of their regard for you is when something goes wrong with that car. It breaks down while under warranty. The repair takes a week or two. And uh, do they offer you a courtesy car? Many of them don't. And they actually should. That breakdown has got nothing to do with you. You're paying for the car that you now don't have the use of. Why should you pay extra now to get around? Do they acknowledge that the model car that you now are complaining about, that that's a common problem, that that car's uh, brake pads are known to need replacing within six months, or do they blame you for your driving style? Drive that internet search hard before you test drive the car. Number two, choosing a car that's too expensive for your needs or your budget. So do you really need a 4x4, or would the 4x2 version of that vehicle work for you? Or maybe even just a simple hatchback without that adventure vibe. Maybe that's really what your actual lifestyle calls for. So why pay for all that engineering, that 4x4 engineering, if you're never going to need it? And remember, it will boost your insurance premium as well, because 4x4s always carry an extra cost in your insurance premium. Yeah, so if you're only likely to need all that bushwhacking capability and all that space once a year on your annual holiday, you're better off buying small. It's going to cost a lot less to run as well in terms of fuel. And then hiring that great big thing um, for that short period when you need to. Mistake number three, not taking the car for a test drive. I must admit, this one floors me that people can buy a car without test driving it. It's a special kind of madness if the car is not new because that car could have all sorts of problems and issues. But you should test drive all cars. In a new car, the seat may be uncomfortable. You may discover that visibility out of the back window is really a deal breaker. 
It could be too sluggish, all sorts of things. Always take the car on a hill during that test drive with the aircon on. I remember going for a test drive with a salesman many years ago, some little budget car. And as we were about to hit a really steep hill, he subtly, well, he thought it was subtle, leaned over and pressed the aircon button to switch it off so that I'd have more power. Take the car over speed bumps, our urban reality. And it's a great, great test of the suspension. I'm seeing more and more complaints from people who've bought a car online. They haven't even seen the car, let alone driven it, which is a really, really, really bad idea in my book. You are potentially going to be driving and paying for that car for a very long time. So do yourself a favor and spend a decent amount of time making sure that it's what you want and that it suits your needs. Number four, taking a used car at face value and trusting every word the salesman says. So one of the most asked questions by would-be buyers of a second-hand car is, has it been in an accident? It's fair to say that many a car salesman has answered that with an incorrect no or with a reassuring only a fender bender, when in fact the truthful response would be, yes, it was a really bad one and you wouldn't believe what the car looked like before it was fixed and ended up here on our lovely showroom floor. Blindly trusting a commission-earning salesman is, with all respect, a very silly thing to do. If you don't do your own checks, you are very likely, or almost guaranteed, I would say, to get caught in some way. But here's the thing. No matter how proactive you are, you have no means of finding out for sure whether a car has been in an accident. Not since March of 2015, when insurance claims information provider Auditex stops making accident claim information available to credit bureau TransUnion, which also has an auto information solutions division. So while TransUnion's first check app is a wonderful source of information at relatively low cost with respect to a car's estimated market value and whether or not it's been stolen or is still being financed, it cannot answer that crucial has the car been in an accident question for you or for the dealer, in fact. So what to do? Interesting question. Get the car checked out uh, by a third party inspection center such as DECRA and specifically ask them to look for signs of major accident damage. Test drive the car in a variety of conditions from low to high speeds. Be on the lookout for poor handling, alignment and obvious defects like body panels and bumpers which aren't symmetrical or aligned. Strange engine pitch and noises and rattles and that sort of thing. If an engine bay sidewall is clean and the opposite one is dirty, be suspicious. That's a mismatch. As I say, bumper alignment and crooked bumpers always indicate some kind of trauma. Look for messy wiring, non-matching panels, oil on the engine cover, all bad signs about the history of, of this vehicle that you're interested in buying. Source the car's catalogue online or at a dealership to see if the paint colour aligns with the manufacturer's colour options. And very key, there's some cars such as BMWs, they store data about the car and its history in the key's memory. So request the key to be sent to a BMW dealership for a report. Never do a deal on a car if the dealership can't give you its service book or spare key. They'll promise to get them to you later. And mostly, in my experience, that doesn't happen. And so to the financing faux pas. Number five, not sourcing your own finance deal. Once the dealer's F&I, that's the finance and insurance person, gets you at their desk, you are fair game if you aren't extremely sussed. And I see these contracts almost daily. 
If you haven't phoned around for financing beforehand, you will most definitely end up with a deal that benefits the dealership more than you. At the very least, ask the FNR to show you all the quotes that they've got from the competing banks so that you can choose the lowest interest rate. This interest rate issue, it will have a major impact on the total cost of the car over five or six years, which is the most common financing term. So really pay close attention to that interest rate. Better still, arrive at your dealership with a pre-approved loan in your hand and then you are totally in control. Number six, big mistake this and one made by many, especially first-time buyers, is only concentrating on the monthly installment figure and not how it was reached. That's how consumers get themselves locked into contracts which have been padded with all sorts of things which they either don't want or need because they haven't paid attention. They don't actually know what they're signing. They're just looking for that all-important monthly figure. So the dealership will do their best to upsell you a host of add-ons to pad the deal on both new and used cars, products such as paint protection, fabric protection, rust proofing, dent and scratch policy, maintenance plan. If you really want one or more of those things, you probably, I'd say definitely be able to get a better deal on them yourself. If you're buying a used car, be very careful of being charged for things that were put on by the original owner. So I've seen deals where the person's been made to pay extra for a tow bar that was already fitted, for a canopy on the back, that sort of thing pay very close attention and look for the very big add-on which is called various things on the road fee they seem to be changing that because that's got a lot of bad press recently so they'll call it the dealership fee or the delivery fee it's several thousand rand anything from three up to seven or eight and if you question them as to what that is they don't like being questioned but the thumb suck things will include that bow and uh, champagne and flowers, the gift that you get when you buy the car, they'll say it's getting the car checked, that 20-point check or check or whatever they call it. They'll say valet, they'll say admin. It's really just a way of um, increasing the retail amount of the car. Instead of building it into the price, they just sneak on that extra five, six, seven thousand rand onto the deal. And don't forget you pay interest on that as well. What is justifiable according to the um, national credit regulator on a finance deal is the actual costs of licensing and registration and paying someone to get the schlep done for you, a tank of fuel and number plates. But they must be the actual costs, not padded. Anything more than that is not justifiable. Finally, try to avoid the increasingly common balloon payment deal, which carves out about 30% of the costs of the car, plus all the extras and interest, and just parks it off on the side. Divides that remaining amount by the 72 months, for example, and that's the amount that you are left to pay every month. But at the end of those 72 months is that uh, lump sum payment waiting for you. The upside is that you get to drive a car that you really can't afford and that's also the downside because a lot can happen in five or six years. You could no longer qualify for credit when your balloon payment is due, in which case you'd be forced to sell or trade in the car just to pay that huge residual still remaining and then you have little to show for it at the end of the day. So rather look at a cheaper car and finance it outright over the five or six years. Far better idea. And I have to say, I'm still getting complaints regularly from people, especially first-time buyers, who didn't even realize that it was a balloon deal. 
it's there on the contract, but it's not highlighted anywhere near as obviously as it should be in my view and people get to the end of those six years and think yay I've paid this car off and then they discover actually no you still owe 72,000 or whatever so don't feel that you have to sign on the spot by law the dealership must make that quote that they give you valid for five days so take it away with you get your own pricing on those add-ons such as the tracking device or tow bar interrogate them about the admin and seek expert help if that will make you feel more comfortable in the end you're going to be locked into that contract for a long long time so take the time up front to protect yourself and get the best deal i hope you found this episode of good to know useful my aim is to protect you from being ripped off so if there are issues you'd like me to cover in more depth in future episodes feel free to tweet me on at wendy nola you won't want to miss my next podcast in this series so be sure to subscribe on livepodcasts.fm or in the podcast app of your choice Please also rate and review the podcast. That way, listening communities know I'm here. Livepodcasts.fm Good to know. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Only on Livepodcasts.fm will you find topics on issues you overlook as a consumer. Good to know.